Yo, what's going on, everyone? I'm Tommy, and that is Gary. For three. I just want to start by apologizing for our week of absence. It's been a pretty busy week for us over here. Yeah, I know we mentioned in our last pod that uh, I was heading out to California, and Tom and I were going to make the drive from Sacramento to Dallas. And after two full days of driving, we finally made it out here. Yeah, man, it was a pretty long trek. I know you weren't excited for it, but I feel like it, it went by relatively quick. We had some some junk food along the way. Um, good music, a couple naps here and there, and then we even had that, that hotel stop in Albuquerque, which was, which was pretty nice. That was really nice. Yeah, when, uh, when I say I was not a fan of the driver, looking forward to it, I do want to preface that I have, I've done a cross-country drive at least once the last five years. It was definitely not as bad as I was, I was thinking it was going to be. It was nice. You, you drove you know, well more than, than half of it, so I kind of just got to sit passenger. When in my previous drives, I either did the whole thing solo or, or drove most of it. So it's, it's definitely nicer on the other side of the, the other side of the car. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Like the further and further we got from California and closer to Texas, you could just feel the weather change. Like I'm not saying it's not hot in California, but man, going through Arizona and New Mexico and this Texas heat is different, man. It's like it's muggy out. Like it's, it's a whole different wave of heat. Yeah, this uh, this humidity, it'll take you a little while to get used to, but after after going on my second year being here, you kind of just go outside and you're like, oh, yeah, this is what I expect. I can and, say, uh, what, what, what were you going to add? I was going to say, you know, with this whole mask wearing thing, I'm surprised that Texans have an issue with it. It almost feels like I'm wearing a mask just walking outside. <laughs> Fair enough. The one thing that, you know, luckily that, that Texas doesn't have, which California's had the last few years, is fires. So at least the, the air quality from all the smoke you don't really have. But with with the high heat and humidity, it's it's kind of a different dynamic as far as unhealthy air quality. No, that's that's definitely true. So we ended up getting in uh, late Saturday night, parked in the apartment complex, and just began moving my car full of things into the freaking little apartment that Garrett's staying at. I guess we're currently both staying at it right now. Yeah, I uh, I had to clear a little bit of space. Tom is uh, is living out of the living room. Um, I kind of cleared as much as I could. And he kind of just got everything stacked up in here, gave him uh, gave him the couch to sleep on. Um, how you how you liking your cot, Tom? Yeah, dude, we're couch living right now. You know, it's uh, I'm making the best of it. It's not it's not too bad. Uh, it's only for the short term, so I'm willing to stick it out uh, for the time being. But I mean, yeah, my shit, my stuff's really just scattered everywhere in the living room for now. I, I'm not looking forward to having to pack it all up again and move it again. But at the same time, I'm be moving it to my own room, so there's a benefit there. Yeah, I mean, speaking of the short term, we'll give you guys a little housing update. We uh, we, we visited some spots. Uh, originally, we were looking uh, to, to buy a home. So last weekend, we, we went house hunting with, with a realtor, looked at several spots. But uh, unfortunately, for circumstances beyond Tom and I's control, we are back to renting. And, and actually, earlier today, we went and looked at a house. Um, so, yeah. That's what we got going on as far as the housing situation. We'll, yeah. we'll definitely have to keep you guys updated. Yeah, the house, the housing situation, you know, it's it's stressful. But, I mean, I kind of enjoyed house hunting. And, and I think it's really cool to see these houses and, and potentially where we're going to be living for the next year. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely definitely an exciting process trying to figure out where you're going to live. But like you said, it's, it's definitely mad stressful at times. Uh, and I think just with our different personalities of how we go about this process, uh, it makes it, it makes it a little bit more challenging because we're not like the same minded, you know? Yeah. 
No, I mean, I'm definitely, I'm very persistent and want to have things ready and planned and scheduled. And you're more just like a, oh, it'll get done. I don't know how, but it will. Oh, okay. Well, don't be, don't, <laughs> don't disrespect my crib in that hard. I mean, you just, yeah. you, you just want A through Z planned out. And I'm just like, yo, I'll plan out A and B. Once I get to B, I'll plan out C and D. And I'm just like one foot at a time. And, and you want the whole mile done. You're, you're uh, I don't know about one foot, you're about half a foot at a time. But, but regardless, oh. regardless. It's been kind of tough just because, you know, where we're, where we're looking to move is about 45 minutes from where we're staying right now. So if we have one person willing to show us a house, like we have to gauge whether or not that's worth it for the 45 minute drive to see one home and, and et cetera. So it's been kind of, it's been a stressful and, and not an ideal circumstance, but I'm, I'm sure we'll figure it out. Yeah. And then when we had the added dynamic of Thomas coming out here, he's been, you know, working a bunch. He's been out in New Jersey and he's now finally back home. So it's kind of like we get our plan going then we got to talk to Thomas. So there's a lot of, a lot of moving pieces going on, which definitely adds the level of stress and the amount of work we got to do. Yeah, no doubt. But uh, we should actually consider ourselves lucky to be dealing with silly issues like these. Um, I believe it's important for us to use our platform we've created, regardless of its size, uh, to talk about the injustices injustices that are being had in our country. I mean, like time and time again, black Americans are being discriminated against to the highest degree. Um, sadly, our own law enforcement has shown day in and day out that they value a black life far less than they value a white person's life. And uh, the time is now for the youth of our country to come together and I believe create a path to change, a path to equality. Uh, we aren't allowed to uh, watch this fight from the sidelines anymore. Uh, this path won't be an easy one, but I, uh, I truly believe it's the right one. Um, <clears throat> I just want to say that I commend the Milwaukee Bucks and the rest of the NBA for protesting uh, the games earlier this week and refusing to play. Uh, when, the first, when the story first broke, it seemed that they were uh, acting purely out of emotion without a greater plan. Uh, but happened uh, over the course of the next couple of days, it became very clear that they had begun to put in an action, a plan to help make change. Um, NBA players have every right to want these NBA team owners to step up and uh, be proactive and not reactive. I think that's the biggest thing that they're looking for is, is they want things to move before something bad happens. And I, I think that's, that's something that they're really looking to get going. So uh, one plan that's coming into fruition is uh, every NBA arena will be used as a safe voting place for this year's upcoming election. I think that's big because a lot of NBA, NBA players have used their voice um, these last couple months to, to push the idea of voting to create a change. Yeah, Tom, I you know I totally agree with with what you're saying with what's going on right now. And one one thing I'd like to add is uh, you know we don't have to have all the answers to to start a dialogue and start asking questions. Uh, for me, I don't know if anyone else is like this. Afraid to speak out if if you don't have answers, and, and I'm coming to realize that. Uh, you have to engage in a conversation and ask questions before you come up with the answers. So I don't think uh, if any you feel like you have to know uh, exactly all the right answers, all the right steps, that that needs to stop you from uh, engaging in the conversation. Yeah, the conversation is definitely the most important part to, to kind of take the next step and figure out what is the move. But um, the protest and the cancellations of games uh, moved from just basketball to other sports, including the MLB, NHL, WNBA, and even tennis matches uh, canceled their games in the wake of the Jacob, Jacob Blake being shot in Kenosha. I know this topic is a very deep one, and clearly it's not easy for me to talk about, but it's not a time to shy away from it. So I, I hope these athletes are able to continue to use their platform and their leverages to create a plan of action that can create change in this country. And I personally 100% stand with the decision to protest these games, and I will continue to use my voice to do my part and uh, to stand with other people using theirs to do the same. I also plan on doing the exact same. 
And one thing I'd like to add is I'd love to see um, these protests and, and um, all these sports moving just beyond basketball. It's nice to see the MLB getting in there. I know the WNBA has been very vocal with stuff, uh, but it's nice to see some of these other sports branch out and really being able to make a statement beyond just the NBA and WNBA. I agree. I think, I think that's better for the cause. So um, after a three-day protest period by the NBA, uh, the NBA did return Saturday to resume the NBA playoffs. Um, the first series we're going to talk about is the Lakers closing out the Portland series in five games. Yeah, for me, uh, I know we, we talked about it at the beginning of the playoff series. I was not expecting Portland to win more than one game. Um, so it's kind of what I expected. I, I know you were a little bit higher on Portland than I was. But uh, it was kind of sad to see the series, you know, end the way it did with game five with Dame being out with his right knee sprain. Yeah, it, it was a tough sight to see just based off of how exciting he was to watch all bubble, all bubble long. And, uh, you know, you're right. I was expecting a little bit more from this Portland team, but I got to say I'm impressed. Um, the Lakers, I'm impressed with the Lakers, too. They, they really came out and they closed the deal. So, I mean, LeBron and AD, they took care of the business. Um they looked extremely solid uh, to close out game five, which is extremely good for them moving into the next series. Yeah, I, I agree. They definitely picked up the pace. And, and like I thought, when it was time to, to get to business, they were going to they were going to handle their business. As far as Portland, what do you what do you think's next for Portland? What are they doing this offseason? So, I mean, the big question is, is are they going to look to shake things up? Are they going to move on from a CJ? Are they going to move on from from the coach from the coaching staff? Um, you know, I, I don't think they're going to blow it up completely i can see them maybe shopping around someone like cj shopping around other players that they got and see what they can add because damian lawyers made it made it perfectly clear that he he wants to stay in portland so i think that's the key is building around him i don't know how big of a a blow up it'll be but i definitely think they look to to change things up a little bit yeah i mean obviously cj would definitely get some good interest in as far as what they have going on with their big men uh, maybe being able to shop one of those guys to get a get a different piece there, I think might be interesting to to look at this off season for them. And as far as I know, you mentioned coaching staff, maybe maybe shake something up there. I don't know. I'm I'm not a big fan of of going for the coach first. Um, I feel like a lot of times the coach seems to be the fall guy, and a lot of times um, things should be on their control, and they kind of get nixed for it. No, I couldn't agree more. And and you know, sh- I just want to shout out uh, Carmelo. I think he really deserved that he believe he deserves to be in this league until proven otherwise. And I would really like to see him actually stay with Portland. I think he was a great fit with this team and I'm not saying he can't fit in other places, but I don't, I don't if there's nothing wrong with it, why change it? And I, I think that for Melo and I, I hope I wish him the best moving forward. Yeah. I know he said uh, something along the lines of like he found a home in, in Portland. So obviously he likes it there. The team plays well with him in it. So I agree with you. We'd love to see him stay in Portland. So the next thing we're going to look at is the Dallas Mavericks and, and how solid they've looked and, and their future is bright for them. Yeah, obviously Clippers got it done in six, but I mean, I think the big talk is Luca is elite. Uh, I think he is got a great chance to be uh, a face of this franchise. I mean, so not of the franchise, face of the NBA uh, in the next couple of years, really become the, the best player moving forward. Yeah. Luca mania is real, man. Like, I know there's a lot of people that weren't super high on him, you know, coming in the draft, coming from overseas, but this kid's the real deal. 21 years of age doing what not a lot of people have done ever in the whole entire NBA. So, I mean, I think he's really got a good shot at, at being the best player in the league and even the face of the NBA. Um, 
I really thought the Mavs had a chance in this series. Um, and I think if KB, KP Kristaps doesn't get ejected in the first game and also if he doesn't tear his meniscus, I think it's a more competitive series pushing to that game seven. And, and when you got a guy like Luka, it's like you get to a game seven. And, and at that point, it's, it's all up for grabs. Yeah, I mean, it definitely was unfortunate. It's another series that had an injury that kind of hampered the series from then on. Uh, I'm a little worried, though, about KP. Uh, I, I know he's been battling with uh, some knee issues and just overall health in general since he's been in the NBA. I know he's a big guy. I know he's not very heavy. Um, so it'll be interesting moving forward if he if he can stay in games and and run out seasons uh, with, with Luka and they can be a, a good one-two. Yeah, and, and another part about him being the two to that one-two, is Kristaps good enough to be a running mate to win championships? Like, Is, is he a good enough two? To, to help Luca win these championships, I, I, I wish I could give you an answer. I, I, I want to see more out of him. Uh, to be honest, I need to see you know if he can actually run out a full season at the rate at which he's going. I would probably say not, just because he can't be can't be in long enough. Um, but, but I mean, if he can stay healthy, I think he's got a, a, a chance. Yeah, I definitely think that if he could learn to stay healthy, treat his body right, and uh, get out there for 82 games in a full playoffs uh, set. I think he could be. I definitely think they're going to need a solid supporting cast if he were to be the number two guy, and, and I don't think they necessarily have it right now. But after a season like this, I think you could expect to see free agents being more likely to look at Dallas as, a, as an option. I'm excited to see what they can put together this offseason. Oh, no doubt. I think building around Luca now that everyone knows Luca is elite and Luca is the real deal, um, you're going to start seeing some some guys really looking to go into Dallas. I, I can definitely agree to that. So maybe if, if KP can't be it, someone else is like, hey, I'd, run, I'd love to run with Luca and, and, and be a second with him and try and bring a chip back to Dallas. Yeah, Luca's a stud, so I could definitely see that happening. So moving forward, your, uh, your choice out of the East, Philly, they fell short again this year. Uh, they ended up firing their coach Brown. Um, I think that not having Ben Simmons in the playoffs, I mean, obviously, really hurt them. He's an all-star, elite caliber player. So when you're when you're missing a facilitator and a guy like that, you're obviously going to suffer in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it, I just I doomed him. I doomed Philly by picking him. Uh, I feel bad to any anyone who listens to this who's a Philly fan. I know I mentioned earlier I'm not a fan for firing coaches, and this is a perfect example. They stuck with Brown through the whole trust the process, trust the process, and they really started getting some going, and then things out of his control. You got Embiid was injured. Then you get um, then you get Simmons who's injured, and a lot of things that you know he has no control over, you know any of it, and he and he gets the can for it. Uh, I I really don't like. Yeah, I mean Brett Brown to me was the process, so it's it's definitely going to be weird to kind of see what's next for them. Um, I'm curious to whether or not they break it up, uh, get rid of Ben, get rid of Embiid. I don't, I don't know who you would look to trade it, trade off. Cause I don't know where the value's at in the market and I don't know who they value more. It's going to be weird to see what Elton Brand tries to do, uh, this off season. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how open they're going to be with Ben and Embiid on which one they're shopping. I can see him trying shopping both, not that they're going to get rid of both, but just that they want to see what they can get. And it's like, Hey, if I get rid of Ben, this is what I can look to get, and then vice versa. If I if I'm looking to shop MB, this is what I'm looking to get, and and kind of after seeing that, realize this is the direction I want to go, or that's the direction I want to go. Yeah, I mean, when you look at paper, 
I, I think they did cripple themselves a little bit with the Tobias and uh, Al Horford contracts. Um, but when you look at their roster, man, it really looks like they're just a shooter or two away from from being having a really good shot at a championship. So I'm gonna. It's gonna be weird to see if whether or not they can kind of navigate around and add some shooters, or if they're gonna look to break it up and add shooters, or or what the situation is. I just I don't know what the value of Tobias Harris and Al Horford is if if they did want to move on from them. I've seen a lot of people trying to trying to say Al Horford for Buddy Heald. As a Kings fan, that's repulsive. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been a big fan of Al Horford, and I, I think his value really showed this year, especially. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not about that. Yeah, I, I know in this uh, free agency going into this current season, you were not high now or Horford and you wanted the Kings to stay far away from him. So I can only imagine how you'd feel hearing, uh, hearing those kind of trade talks. Yeah, and you know, I was actually high on maybe the opportunity of getting Tobias. But I mean, clearly he underperformed this season. And I'm not saying that's telling for him because I think he's a great NBA player. But uh, it's definitely it's definitely nice to see. Or not nice to see, but... But it's it's not bad to see when when a guy that was potentially coming to to your team underperforms that season. Yeah, I mean, at least it makes you feel better at night, not realizing you missed out on another great opportunity. Exactly. But um, I don't know. It, it, it's always different when you have a totally different player in a different team, in a different dynamic. So some of it's a little hard to say if it's just situational or if it's just who the player really is. But you know, Which, I think we'll see down the line. Yeah, which is part of the reason why I understand maybe moving on from from Brett Brown, because when like I said, when you look at paper, they look real good. So I mean, maybe it was the system. Um, it's I, like I said, this is going to probably be the most interesting thing, interesting thing going into the off season as far as like what this team is going to try and do. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye out on coaching vacancies elsewhere, and then also who's going to be filling in in Philly for Coach Brown. Yeah, so moving forward, let's uh, let's look on what's going on in the current playoff picture and then also it moving forward. Yeah, so why don't we start? Uh, we'll stay in the East, the number one seed of Bucks versus your Miami Heat. What, what do you like looking at? I this? mean, so so we're just going to clarify the, the your Miami Heat thing. Kingston, my, I'm just high <laughs> on the Heat, right? It, it's, it's no, like, crazy love. It's just I'm high on the Heat this year. I mean, you know? I had to call him – I had to call him your Heat since you called him uh, – my my Philly pick, and I, yeah, I know you picked the Heat to do well, so definitely not your team. I don't even know who, who your team for. is. I don't even know who your team is, so I'm just going to say every team's your team until you tell me who your team is. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, I'll get to you at the beginning of next season. <laughs> All right. That, that sounds good. So, I mean, I think the biggest part of this series is whether or not Bam Adebayo is able to slow down Giannis. He showed in the regular season that he definitely is capable of at least slowing him down a little bit, which is really all you need when you're facing this Bucks team. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a one-man wrecking crew with Giannis. Uh, I'd be interested to see if he can get some consistent help from from his other teammates night in and night out. It kind of seems like uh, every time he thinks he can rely on someone, you know, they, they falter. Um, but but we'll see moving forward what, what the Bucks can do around yeah. Giannis. That's another conversation kind of similar to the KP one is like, is Middleton a good enough number two to be a championship team? I just, I'm not sure. I'm not convinced. We'll see. Giannis is elite, elite. So, I mean, your number two might not need to be that great, but I just, I'm not, I'm not convinced on Middleton. So, I mean, really this Heat team, like I, like I predicted earlier, and like I've said, this team chemistry is something that caught my eye early, early this season. Uh, Jimmy Butler really took the likes of Bam, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, all under his wing. 
when you got a guy like Jimmy Butler taking guys under his wing and everyone's putting in work, it's a scary thing for, for the other teams in the league. Yeah, I mean, I, I know we've talked about before what Jimmy Butler can do as far as getting the guys engaged around him in games. And I mean, he's continued to show it. I know Duncan set a, a three-point record for the playoffs. I don't remember if it was just for the Heat or if it was all throughout the NBA. But I mean, that's a man that I'm sure can can credit uh, Jimmy Butler to him playing as well as he has in the last series. And yeah, they, they did all that last series without the likes of Kendrick Nunn, who didn't really get much minutes at all. He was also dealing with some injuries. He's a first-team all-rookie this year, and he's just kind of coming back and trying to find his minutes. So, I mean, he's another player. This team's so deep, man, and, and I don't know if they're going to have enough minutes for everybody, but like I said, this chemistry that they have, it's, it's really going to give them a shot at this because it's not like they're fighting for minutes. They're all just getting out there, playing their best basketball, doing it for each other, and that's why I think they're so scary. I, I agree. I agree for sure. Very deep team. So going to prediction, are you high enough on the heat that you got to move him past the one seeded Bucks? Yeah, absolutely. I I think that I think that it's it's kind of surefire for me. I'm I'm pretty confident in this one. I I think the Bucks are good. I think the Heat are better. So how many games you got this series going? Uh, heat and six. Heat and six. Okay. I mean, I, I think Giannis is going to have a, a a pretty good series. I think you might have a game or two where Bam kind of gets to him and, and he doesn't play as well. And I can see Heat winning by, you know, 10, 15 points. Uh, I, do, I do think the Heat are going to win. Uh, I'm going to agree with you on this one. I'm going to say Heat in seven. One thing I'd like to look at is if our prediction is right, what that means for the future of Giannis. Uh, so He's out. See He's based out. On. If, you if think they, so? Yeah, if they lose in this round, no doubt. I think maybe if they, he loses in the finals, he comes back. But if he's losing in the, the conference semis, he's gone. No doubt. Right. They'll, I, they'll trade him. They'll, he's out. There's not, not a chance. All right. Why don't we move on to the other series in the East, Raptors versus Celtics. I know game one already happened. What did you see from that? And what do you see moving forward? Yeah, so, I mean, the Raptors did come out extremely flat. Uh, lost game one by a pretty hefty margin. I mean, the Celtics' big three of Tatum, uh, Brown, and Kemba, they're they're really good, and I think they're good enough to take out the defending champs. Good take, good take. I mean, I, I think we're going to get a better Raptors team than obviously we got in game one. Um, but that Celtics' big three that you mentioned with Tatum, Brown, and Kemba are nice with it, and they definitely showed so far that uh, – they're a viable championship team this year, or at least uh, a championship out of the East. Um, I think this is going to be a tough series. It's going to move back and forth, but uh, it'll be it'll be a, it'll be a good series to watch. The first good series to watch out of the East. I agree. Um, just one thing about the Celtics that that kind of has has my attention is it's just why Kemba is such a better fit over Kyrie for this Celtics team. I think it's clear cut. Kyrie's the better player. But I think Kyrie coming into the system where, where a guy like Jason Tatum was already looking to kind of take over the team, I think that wasn't it for him. So that's why I think someone like Kemba maybe has a little bit less of an ego and is kind of fine letting Tatum have the reins this early. I think that's why this team's been able to be so good and, and a lot better than the Kyrie version of the Celtics team. Yeah, I, I definitely think that uh, Kemba's lack of an ego um, definitely makes for just a better mesh of all these guys and really allow them to perform at their highest level. So I can definitely agree with you that Kyrie is probably the better uh, player, but as far as in the system with what they have going on around them, Kemba is definitely a better fit for this team. Yeah, so, I mean, as far as the prediction goes, 
I want to say the Celtics. In fact, I am going to say the Celtics. I got Celtics in six. I can see it going seven. Wouldn't be surprised six. I think I think this trio that the Celtics have put together is is going to perform very well this this series. Man, you you must have been you must have been looking at my notes. I, I also got the the Celtics in six. Um, I just think those big three that we've we've mentioned time and time again are just going to be too much for the Raptors. So moving into the Western Conference, uh, we actually just got done watching the Jazz Nuggets game six. What a game! What oh, a man. game! Um, this this series, man, the the matchup between Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell has been insane. Absolutely, I think that's the best player 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 versus player matchup we've had in these playoffs by far. Um, these dudes are just walking buckets, and they're just getting after it night in and night out. Yeah, I mean, I can't even really think of a better player v player in the past couple of years. This one's this one's nutty, man. I mean, they had a game where they both dropped fifty. Uh, Jamal Murray has had three games in a row where he scored over forty, two fifty-point games in the series. I oh, mean, game six, he dropped fifty to get the win. He was unstoppable in the fourth. He's been unstoppable this series, and I know he said and came out that he wanted to redeem himself for his poor play last playoffs, but I can promise you, nobody was expecting this. Yeah, this man is is in another level. He's gone super sane in these playoffs. Um, it, it, it'd be it'd be great to see. Unfortunately, this is such an early matchup in in the playoffs. This would be this would be a great you know final series as far as just how interesting it's been. But it's it's nice to at least get something early that is that is exciting as this has been. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited that we got a guaranteed first round game seven. I love those. The intensity the intensity is always high. I think going into game seven, I think the key is going to be Jamal Murray in the fourth quarter. If he can come out and continue to play like he's playing in the fourth, I got the nuggets. You got the nugs. I mean, one thing I, I do want to add, I know we were talking about some some crazy guard play, but Utah did get Connolly back. Um, I think that that might be enough to push Utah over the edge. I think I got the Jazz winning game seven. I mean, we did talk about if Donovan Mitchell would be able to will his team through this series. And I got to say, he has done that and more. I mean, it's clear if anyone had any doubts on Donovan Mitchell, you can get rid of him, throw him away, flush him down the toilet, because he, <laughs> he is the real deal. I mean, I think that's, that's definitely shown this series. He's, he's a pre- preliminary all-star. He's a star in the league for years to come, the future of the NBA, no doubt. Yeah, I, I, can, I can agree with that, top to bottom. Uh, I think this makes Utah a very interesting place for free agents as well. I know we were talking about Dallas earlier as a place players are going to go. I think I think these playoffs have shown that Utah is also a great place for players to go moving forward. Yeah, and they're doing all this without their their leading scorer uh, Bojan. So yeah, I, this Jazz team's good, but like I said, I Jamal Murray in the fourth. I think he gets it done game seven. All right, so so whoever wins game seven is going to go on to play the Clippers. Uh, who do you think is is a scarier matchup for the Clippers? You think it's you think it's gonna be the Nuggets? I'm gonna say it's either team, but at the same time, I don't think I don't. I'm not sure either of these teams can necessarily beat the Clippers. I think, especially with the with the current play of Paul George, I think he's gonna start to come alive. So we saw a pretty bad Paul George in that first series. I think he's gonna wake up, come alive, and I think that the Clippers, regardless of who they play. I think they're gonna they're gonna take him out. Yeah, I mean, you already mentioned it. I don't think PG can play much worse than he has in this series. Um, I I kind of see um, 
you know, either of these two teams, Jazz or Nuggets, are kind of going to be on the similar level as Dallas was for the Clippers. Um, I think there's going to be some good games, some good back and forth, but I, I agree. I think regardless of who the Clippers play in the next round, they're going to be able to handle their business and, and keep it pushing on to the next series. Yeah, so one thing to look at for this Game 1 series, when it does start with whoever it's against, I'm curious to see if the NBA is going to take action against Morris uh, for his actions on Luka and, and maybe look to give him a one-game suspension. Yeah, I know the, the original, the shoe step was on uh, Luca's injured left ankle that had been very public, and then the, the flagrant foul that got him ejected. Uh, I forget with the, the Morris twins, since I really think they are the same dude, um, are. Which, one is, <laughs> which one has had some more uh, issues as far as on the court, so they might look to some past um, behavior to see. I, I, it's tough, because I, I would hate to see um, you know, obviously it's only game one, but I would hate to see something like that happen. You know, we talked about Chris Stapps getting ejected in game one and how it shaped the series. Uh, I know Morris is not as big of a player for the Clips as Chris Stapps was for Dallas, but um, I, I probably wouldn't like to see the one against bench personally, but I could I could understand it. I mean, my, my thing is, is the whole world had their eyes on Luka. If you were watching the games, it was pretty clear that his mission was to come in, razzle him. And it looked like he was even aiming to maybe hurt the kid. And I, I don't like to see that, especially with someone that I just said could be the future of the NBA. So I'd like to see a one-game suspension just kind of to throw it out there that, that this isn't what the NBA is about and we're not out here trying to hurt our, hurt our stars or whatever the situation is. I know you and I kind of had a little small discussion about people playing dirty and, and how I said, listen, if you want to play dirty, play dirty with someone who's at your level. And someone like Morris coming in and, and playing dirty against a guy like Luca, I just think it's wrong. And I think that it's schemy, and, and I think it deserves a one-game suspension. Yeah, it's definitely a little little bad boys, Pistons-esque. I mean, obviously, the shape of today's basketball and kind of the climate of everything is much different from, from the bad boys. Um, so I think in a different era, um, this would not be looked at the way it is now. Um, so, so I definitely could see a, a one-game suspension from, from the NBA to Morris. So, I mean, the biggest question with this Clippers team is, is do we think they're capable of winning a championship this year after what we saw in the first series? From the first series, I would say no, simply because PG has not been playoff P. He has been anything but playoff P. Uh, so, you know, if he's going to step it up, but I, I need to see that before I could say, yeah, I, I see them raising the trophy at the end of the season. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I don't think they were firing on, on all cylinders really at all in that first series. And I think if they can put it together, you know, I think they got a shot. But currently, off of what I've seen in this playoffs, I do not think that they're a solid contender at this time. I agree. I agree. Moving on to the next series in the West. So, first-round series is the Rockets versus Thunder. Who you got winning this series? You know, I had the Thunder. And I'm not stepping away from the Thunder. I just think with the healthy addition of Westbrook coming back, it does make a big difference for Houston. Um, James Harden's a little bit able to play off the ball a little bit more, but also still get his shots. Um, and the biggest question is just whether or not OKC's three guards can can kind of keep up with Harden and Russ and, and maybe push this to a game seven. Yeah, I agree. Healthy Westbrook makes all the difference for Houston. Um, I loved what I saw of the Rockets. I, I really did. I think the three guard play, like you mentioned, uh, it's been great to see, but I, I agree. Westbrook in is going to make all the difference. Houston, I got winning the next game and moving on to face the Lakers. 
And, w- and one thing OKC looked to do is they had their rookie door out there guarding uh, Harden, almost shadowing him every minute he played. And I understand why, because he's a great defensive player and Harden's such a great offensive player. But at the same time, he's become a huge liability on the offensive end. I think he believe I think I believe he started last game one from nine from the field. I mean, that's just not going to get done. I understand you got to have that confidence, and if you get a look and you're wide open, you got to take it. But at the same time, you got to understand that this Houston Rockets team is purposely letting you be open. Leaving you open, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like when you're playing a pickup basketball. And they're just leaving to do wide open. Just think you can't make anything. Um, I mean, I think you can keep Dort out there if he's really going to limit Harden on what he can do. But if you're only slightly limiting him uh, on his offensive end and then you're not supplying much of anything productive on your own offensive end, I think that's uh, a trade you can't really make unless you're really going to shut down Harden, which I don't really think anyone can do. So for me, the highlight of this series has been Dennis Schroeder. I know I was talking about maybe the Kings getting him. But, I mean, after his unbelievable play this series, I, I mean, I don't know what this means for any chance. I know I'm not the GM of the Kings. I don't even know if they're looking at something like this. But I can only imagine this is definitely going to make it a little, diff- a little more difficult to get him onto the Kings. Yeah, I know you've been you've been high on Dennis well before this playoff series. I mean, the good thing for him, man, is he's going to be able to secure the bag and whatever he does next, balling out like he has been. So from his aspect, you know, play well, get your money, but, you know, from, from your side of it, it's definitely going to make it harder if the Kings ever were looking to be able to make that happen financially. So I think we can both agree that the Rockets do look like the superior team. And, and whether they close it out in six or they close it out in seven, it's likely going to be the Rockets moving on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if, if I'm if I'm the Lakers, that's totally what I'm just expecting is the Rockets are going to make it. Uh, the, the thing to look at from the Rockets is it's kind of the same situation. You've got some really great guard play. Uh, when you face Damon CJ, and you're going to see uh, more of the same great guard play from Russ and Harden. Yeah, if I'm the Lakers, I'm definitely rooting for the Thunder because I think this Rockets team is pretty scary. I know I said the same thing about Portland, and the Lakers took care of it. But, I mean, then you look at the, guy, the likes of the Rockets. They're a little deeper. I don't know. It's the Lakers, whatever. But if I'm the Lakers, I'm definitely rooting for, for the Thunder to push this to a seven and hopefully advance. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I will add as far as Rockets being scarier – um, I definitely did like Portland's big men better than than uh, Houston's. So it'll yeah, be non-existent in Houston. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think AD might be able to have a field day um, with no big men really being able to challenge him well throughout how about, the series. How about uh, Tyson Chandler checking into the game because of the flagrant <laughs> foul on Dennis Schroeder and and. OKC got to pick who's shooting the two free throws, and we saw Tyson Taylor take the court, miss two free throws, and then check immediately out. Yeah, I mean, I know Tyson has been a journeyman. He's been in the league quite some time, but uh, that's got to that's gotta hurt a little bit. No, when you're going in, miss two free throws, and then you check right back out of the game. And yeah, that's that's embarrassing. All you saw. That's embarrassing. So the one thing for the Lakers, many things that are positive for them, but Rondo is still in the bubble, practicing, uh, looking like there's a very solid chance that he's going to return this playoffs. And I think playoff Rondo will be pretty big for them. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big Rondo fan, whether it's just the way he carries himself uh, or, or the way he can facilitate and, and kind of raise the standard of guys around him. I think Rondo being able to play in any capacity is going to do nothing but improve the Lakers guard play. 
Yeah, so I think the biggest thing for the Lakers moving forward is still that topic of who is going to step up and be the third man. Is it going to be Kuzma? Is it going to be someone like Danny Green? I mean, I feel like it's got to be Kuz, but I haven't seen it yet. So who's it going to be? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be Kuz. I know, I know he hit that buzzer beater and uh, AD and LeBron were going ecstatic. I think it was kind of a plan. They, they schemed up trying to get Kuz some confidence, show him like, yo, man, you're our third. Uh, we're going to give you a chance, prove it, get you some confidence because we're going to need you if we're going to win a chip this year. Yeah, Kuz definitely has to get his swag going uh, for him to perform. So I think it could be him, but I haven't seen it yet. As far as this Lakers team and, and my thoughts, if they're still able to win this chip, I still believe it's going to be a Lakers Heat championship finals as of right now i'm still high on lebron i think lebron's gonna get it done but i mean obviously things can change but i still got lebron james winning the finals this year no doubt all right we'll have to see moving forward if your predictions reign true i don't want to predict anymore after what i did to Philly <laughs> and their fans that's probably for the best <laughs> once we get to to the final series i'll make my prediction then but i don't want to make any two series early predictions and ruin another whole team's fan base and, and the team themselves. But uh, I think that's going to wrap it us for wrap it up for us today as far as sports. Uh, but we are going to end it with uh, looking into what we got going on next. We're going to have our first guest hopefully showing up soon. And I know we had a little bit of a rocky schedule with moving and everything, but we plan on picking back up on our consistency, having new episodes out uh, every Monday and Friday for you guys. This is our first season of First Team All Podcast, and that's all about our grind and kind of us learning the ropes and getting stuff um, situated as far as how we're doing the podcast and just becoming consistent. And, and this is really just the beginning for us. Yeah, so you can look forward to a whole other experience by the time season is season two is here for you guys. I'm talking video production. I'm talking edits. I'm talking a YouTube channel, but that's in the future. Let's focus for now. But uh, I just want to thank you guys for rocking with us. A reminder to check us out and uh, reach out to us on our Instagram at First Team All Podcast. And that's all for us. One love. Peace.